1: Hey everybody! Welcome. It's so great to be uh, joining y'all here today. Thanks for inviting us into your day. I'm Dr. Pat, and we've got a fabulous show here with Dr. Glenna Rice here in a hot second. Here, you ready for this? Don't teach your kids to share, and why? I love this topic because it is really kind of con- it's it's counter to what we kind of know, right? Um, But I want to just mention to everybody that we've got a lot of announcements to make about uh, Dr. Uh, Glenna and what she's going to be doing, where she's going to be, how that's all going to work. We're going to be telling you all about that. Um, Also, for those of you out there that are thinking, wow, how can I get away from the mainland and go step out there and have an extravaganza? We'll tell you about the Costa Rica event as well. For many of you, you've heard who Dr. Glenna Rice is. Besides being a physical therapist, you know, uh, an owner of Access Physical Therapy, she is also an Access Facilitator. She teaches people all across the globe how to tap in to that part of themselves that is so very, very wise. And how do you do that with the art of question? Today, we're talking about something that seems to be a little counter to what we know. But why is it so important to understand that maybe we should rethink the idea of teaching our kids to share? And why should we be doing that in the world we live in today? Dr. Glenna Rice has been somebody that has been traveling all across the globe because she is one of the most sought-after folks on the planet that has this dialogue beyond adults, beyond parenting, but about changing our lives. And it's so great to have her here today. Glenna, welcome to the show. This is quite a topic, right? Yeah. Hi, Dr. Shanna. Thanks for having me on.
0: love doing this show every every month. Yeah, this is a topic. This is... um something I've been talking about for years and all of a sudden it just kind of has gone a little bit viral in the parenting world on the internet so it's a very interesting and different way to start looking at what we're teaching our kids that we think works but actually totally creates something completely opposite of what we think it does
1: right and it's really hard to undo this you know and let's talk about that because we do we work so hard or we have in the past with our kids to teach them what sharing is We really have. I mean, there are some parents that have gone to great lengths to really have their children grow up with this almost altruistic way of being in the world. And I think we get confused between altruism and the kind of sharing we're talking about here today. Is there a distinction for you? Yeah, there totally is. You're talking about, like, there's
0: a a generosity of spirit. You know, to be generous with people around you is what we're really wanting to show our children the possibility of, and that is something that is um, requires teaching for a lot of people. That's not something where um, this reality does very well, and it's not something that um, young children kind of come in the world doing. They get interested in something, and they're just interested. It's, you know, they're playing with their toy or, or eating their ice cream cone or whatever it is, and they're enjoying what they're creating with that, and their world isn't necessarily at that age as big as... Um, an adult's world or, you know, an older kid's world, so they're not seeing the other stuff that's going around, so we want to teach them how to share what well, we say share, and it's something totally different that we're creating when we do that with kids, you know, we like, so-and-so, little Cindy wants to turn with that boy, and what little Cindy has to do, <laughs> all the Cindy's out there, I apologize, <laughs> um, well, I mean, what she has to do when she wants something, she has to Have a little temper tantrum, get upset, cry. You know, find a parent that's going to come along and take the toy away from the kid that's actually having fun with it, and that's sharing. I mean, that's what we actually are teaching: is that the other child um, learns to have a fit to get what they want from another person that's having fun, and that is so not the intention out there with teaching sharing. I mean, it's often sharing teaching sharing what it ends up being in most preschools and um, you know for younger kids is that. You take the kid away, the toy away from one kid to make the other kid not upset.
1: Yeah, but we do that, isn't it? Isn't that really kind of you know? uh, I mean, this this taps into. I got to tell you, this taps into so many psychological layers that parents Mm -hmm. have, and we make this about the kids, right? But this really types in to the psyche of the parent. I mean, can you imagine a parent that kind of grew up? you know, learning how to not make decisions very well, but worrying about, like, pleasing other people in the world. And now here we are, probably greatest nightmare is have a kid that isn't like that and stands up and says, you know, this is actually what I want, right, in life. This is what I desire. Uh, And asking a parent, you know, hey, how how might I get that? And so when we're talking about this kind of dynamic for a child, we're also talking about getting some parents on board here.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's a really different way for parents to start looking at this. Um, and I was, you know, I was a young mother. I did the same thing <laughs> with my son, especially, <laughs> you know. He, there was three boys in a home daycare situation, and they all wanted to play with the same thing at the same time. Yeah. One easy, one easy way is to have enough boys for everybody. Is One of the things That's about right. caring is that there's not, there's not enough. And it does teach that there's not enough abundance to go around. Now, not every parent can afford to buy every one of their kids the same toy. And you could ask that. And you can also ask energetically, does this other child actually even want to play with this toy? Or whatever the activity is, get on the swing set or go down the slide or whatever that is, is that actually something they want to play with? Or are they just looking at the energy of the child playing with it? And it's that that they want to create. Because often it's to create when someone starts really enjoying something, that energy we all feel, and yeah. it's something we're drawn to. And what can we do to um, allow our children to have more of that with everything they create? So, you know, one of the things is I would have my kids, um, if we didn't have enough to go around, which in certain situations we didn't have enough trucks for the boys so they all wanted the same train or something like that, and we didn't right. have them yet. Um, it was to, like, see what else they could play with to create that for them. I didn't really know I was doing this at the time, but now having just done access and looking at energy different, it was like what would this child actually be interested in? It would create the same energy that they're actually asking for?
1: Yeah, I love this conversation. This yeah. Yeah, I love this because you know, we kind of think that we live in this world where there are unlimited resources, right? And I'll tell you we got yeah. a dose of this over the past 10 years that they're not. Now, I tell you, I I grew up in New York City and those of you that grew, grew grew up in any kind of city or project or anything like that, you know, not with like 20 acres of land or something behind you, uh you understand limited resources. You know what I'm saying? There's one set of monkey bars. That's it. One. Right. There's one place for one person to get up at the top of them monkey bars, okay? Uh, There's a handful of, like, shall I say it, seesaws, right? And then if you're lucky, you got a bunch of swings hanging out there. And so, you know, here we are uh, at an opportunity every moment of every day to have an absolute hissy fit. Around who's going to get to those before the who's going to get there before the others? And you know, isn't that like what we create around this? Create it, it, it's developmental for the rest of our lives. Here is what we're talking about. Yeah, um, and it doesn't have to be.
0: That's what's cool. Oh. And I'm just thinking of I'm thinking of playgrounds because you know I did, yeah. I grew up in the suburbs, but there was still only one playground at school. There was only one yeah. set of monkey bars and rings right. that, that we all had to play on, and we yeah. rushed out there to get line for it. But I don't remember the, the, the teachers back, back in the day, you know, just a few years back, um, yeah. being out there negotiating and managing how we played on those bars. Nope. We all did it. We figured that out. We were that. We, you know, who could yep. run the fastest spot there? Okay, she ran faster. We didn't have um, 50 fits. We might get a little bit, you know, I wanted to be on that swing first. But we were able to negotiate all of that stuff really yes. well as children without the adult interfering. Yep. And I think that's where, when we've been saying, you know, kids need to share, and there's, there's a lot more of a lot of kids in daycares and young children together. It wasn't the same when I was little. We didn't have a lot, you know, um, more of us were at home back then. That um, parents are probably teaching kids to share way before they can even understand the concept of it. And yeah. it's interrupting a lot of the play and the development the kids are using whatever it is, And then it's teaching the other children how they get stuff by bringing authority figures in, being upset, and it's creating competition, which where you're always comparing, well, so-and-so has it and I don't. So in that situation, both kids are being made wrong instantly by the person that's deciding that. And it doesn't solve the problem or create what people are actually wanting to create with it. Um, I know.
1: And you know, this is isn't this true too? Though I mean, if we're talking about a scenario here, and when we come back from break, I'd love for you to talk about this because I'm not sh- I'm not sure how this fits in. But here it goes: Aren't we talking about a scenario where parents may even go to such lengths to make sure their children do not get things before other parents' children? Meaning that if the kids come over and play. We should be out of our mind courteous to make sure the other children get first in line for the crayons, get first in line for the cake, get first in line for the pool, <laughs> right? I mean, do you feel where I'm going here? Isn't it? This uh, is yeah. the stuff that codependence is made of, right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh-oh. Yeah. Ooh, I know. Um and, and that's
0: partially, you know, you have guests to your house. You have guests over for their birthday parties, and your guests should be treated well. That's what you're trying to teach the children. Yeah. Often, I've, and this scenario has happened to me. I remember being that parent <laughs> at birthday parties and having my daughter just totally upset because it was her party, and she should go first. And so what's lighter? You know, I mean, this is going to be different in every situation. Is your child old enough to really get the concept of, there's guests in your house and you want to, have, you know, treat your guests well, that's the politeness that we do in our culture, and let them know the energy of that, or is this a time where my daughter is actually requiring to have this energy of being the birthday party girl and getting the accolades for that, and which is going to create more for her future, which is going to create more for the party? Um, it, you know, living in, like, every second and every minute asking questions about actually what's going to create more for your kids because there will be a time when your daughter or son will totally get the guest coming over thing and there'll be another time they just aren't they're not able to uh, comprehend that, that concept yet or there's something going on with them that is just so exciting that having that being first is going to create more for their future than not being and I yeah. think parents to start to, to just start to develop this ability to look at the energy of every situation and not have these rules will totally allow you to create something different with your family
1: Yeah. I love this conversation because underneath every rule is a set of fears. Oh, goody. I can't wait for this when we come back. Think about it as parents if you're listening to the show. You know, every time you've had a rule that you've created, I'm not saying this is good, bad, or indifferent, by the way, because sometimes we need to have a few of these going on, right? But think about it. You know, every time we've had a rule that we want to impose on our child, I wonder... If the thinking behind that was, wow, without this rule, I'm afraid A, B, C, D, and E, what does this create for us? You know, why shouldn't you teach your kids to share is what we're talking about here today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. By the way, phone lines are open. one 800 And, you know, then how does this reflect even beyond our kids? I mean, we're talking about little children. But, boy, I'm telling you, we don't stop this behavior once they turn to be teenagers, do we? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Have you ever tried to make lifestyle changes but had difficulty following through? Imagine what it would be like to get up each morning with energy, clarity, and motivation to tackle the day. If you want to get past limiting barriers that are preventing you from living your best life, join holistic health and wellness coach T. Carrie Mitchell each month on The Dr. Pat Show or visit lifestyle120.com today and start to receive the personal attention you deserve. you oh, can help myself how does it feel i love this hey everybody welcome back it is so great to have you all tune us in turn us on i want to just tell you dr Glenna Rice is a regular on the show and boy do we kick this conversation up but beyond that you are going to be able to find her um and let me just tell you a couple ways first of all you can go to glennarice.com website or if you want to find her at Access Consciousness, go to Dr. Gl- that's D R, like DR, like doctor Pat. It's like DR, D-R Glenna Rice dot um, Anyway, or you could just Google her, and there you find her. And uh, she travels quite a bit. And delivers these amazing workshops around the world. But she's, you know, Glenny, you got a couple of them coming up. Maybe let's take a minute here before we just uh, get back into this. Let's tell folks about, you know, what you've got going on.
0: Oh, okay, cool! Yeah, I'm actually leaving tomorrow for Michigan, Holland, Michigan, where I'm teaching foundation and level the foundation class. Sorry, it used to be called foundation level one. I just went back yeah. to last year. The foundation. It's a four-day workshop, access consciousness beginning workshop where you get a lot of the tools that I've been sharing on this um, show over the years and how to um, use them in your life and start to change things. Really when you start to um, become aware that you know, of what works for you in your life and start to know what that is and start to implement that and how to kind of know who you are in a way you never have. Get rid of kind of the lies of this reality and the lies you've been telling yourself and open, open yourself up to something really different. It changed my entire world when I did this class 10 years ago. Um, it allowed me to be me, like those things that had been in my way that just I assumed were just part of who I was, disappeared, and I could start creating things that I had always thought I wanted to create, they just started coming with ease, so it's an uh, oh, amazing class, and it's not the only one around the world, you can go to the access site and find foundation classes all over the place, we're in 170-some countries, so that's starting, And but this is a little bit more of an extravaganza. Or adventure. We're going to be doing it over five days and having other classes added to it. And I'm teaching it with two other amazing facilitators that were guests on the show the last few months, Stephanie Richardson and Blossom Benedict. So we're having classes about singing or voice classes uh-huh. and painting classes. I'm doing some dancing, um, parenting. we working with horses. And we're doing these in the late afternoon after the day in the morning where we're going to have the foundation class. So that starts on the 22nd. It's starting really soon, but we still have room. If you had a Bars class, you can get yourself to Holland, Michigan. Um, you can find that on on um, uh, the livingthefoundation.com yeah. is the best way to find that. Then yeah. I have a really cool My Three-Day Body class, which has a little breakfast. is that class I'm telling you about um, in Cancun, Mexico, which I've never been to. I'm really excited to do that. And oh, yeah. right after that, Gary Douglas, the founder of Access, has a um, three-day Possibilities class. So, the body class is where you get on stables for three days and you get to nurture your body and receive these magical body, energetic body processes that can change. It's just different for everyone. So, everything you can imagine has been changed in this class, and you start to wake up to the possibilities and capacities. Your body actually has to heal and change and heal other people and have a relationship of kindness with your body, which like most people don't have. So there's that class, that's, and then in um, Costa Rica, right, uh, a two weeks later? I'm not sure, all my dates are... Yeah, just, yeah. I'm having the craziest time with dates recently. Um, I'm doing a class that I just did in Germany. I've done a few of them this year. It's called the Essie Extravaganza. So Essie is this energetic synthesis of structural embodiment body work that um, has access tools, and then it's kind of based on cranial, sacral, myofascial release, well, and you know, those oh. kind of body work that Susie and I have been trained in. And we're adding with the access tools, and then we also have horses. Susie, Susie Godsey has been working with horses with this for years. I've been working with people. We've combined the clashes. Um, it's going to be three days of doing the work on your body, doing it on horses, and we actually put you in the same area with the horses like we're working on you and the horses contribute. It is um, an absolute miracle what has been showing up in this spot. I can't even describe in words the energy that's been changing. Because horses don't have a point of view about um, whether they like something or don't. I mean, they do. They don't. They don't try to make you happy. If you don't, they don't want the bodywork. They'll walk away. So you have to be present in a totally different way, and that presence you bring to the body is when you're working on it. too. So it's been. Ah, oh, I love this. class. yeah, well,
1: yeah it's so powerful. So- We're now getting some data on the power of it you know, of equine therapy, we're now getting, you know, it's really interesting, right? You know, what children have been telling us for years about how they absolutely relate, you know, to horses, you know, we're now saying, oh, gee, now we've got the science behind it. And yet Mm. at the same time, I love what you just shared, two things about it. One is what we're also finding now is that people are responding better to transformative change away from their current environment, meaning that you, you go to a place that you have no triggers, nothing about it, like Costa Rica, right? Yeah. That's in August. That's yeah. your August venue. Um, yeah. And then yeah. the other thing we're now finding is you know that the idea of mental change through body movement is mm-hmm. absolutely through the roof and accelerating the process of change so i'm excited about what you've created holy cow that is amazing well i'm excited wow. to hear what you're
0: the research you've been talking
1: about because that's what i've been doing change through the body and movement for um
0: you know 20 years probably and 10 years with access or longer so i've i totally you know experience that all the time and i i love to hear how just exactly.
1: Up <laughs> exactly. What, well, um, you know what's, what, we know, what's interesting about it, you know, intuitively, and what do you say? Oh, if it feels light, it's right. You know, yes. what if we were to live our life like that and not wait till we have some enormous study that has to get done to reaffirm or affirm, oh, geez, that does actually work, Glenna? Yeah, I. I...
0: You know, the work, the, the myofascial work that I do in my yeah.
1: physical therapy practice for years, when
0: I started yeah. this, there wasn't a single study out there. But I knew it worked. The second I put my hands on someone and did these, to, you know, worked with them that way, the changes were exponentialized from what I'd been doing for years. And um, now there's, you know, enough research studies that they have review papers on the work. So, you <laughs> know, science it more catch, it catches up with the people that are doing it.
1: Right. Exactly. And then, and you, and then it
0: becomes a really great advertisement for your work. That's my favorite thing about it. There we go.
1: Experience. That's that's what I'm going to say. That's absolutely what I love to talk about is but you know in the end what you're about, what I'm about, what the listeners are about here is getting to solution. See, that's what we're really about here. You know, we're looking at we've looked at the options in the world and we're now saying wait up, wait up, wait up. Okay, Uh, That has not worked for us We need another solution And that's what you're talking about today You know, when we're thinking about Don't teach your kids to share and why We're thinking about, wait a minute We've taught our kids to share for decades And guess what? That has not been working out very well So why don't we write a new narrative Like you're doing today, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm Yeah, it hasn't been working out so well And, you know, it's like, what
0: what tools can a parent have in those situations when the kids um, are fighting over the same thing or fighting over the same food or something like that? Like, there's not a lot of other possibilities out there. It's like, oh, you need to give so-and-so a turn um, or you need to share your piece of cake with someone. And then both kids tend to get less. That's the one thing about sharing that is, uh, you know, and I'm all about everyone having more. And having what they require and what they desire and having what makes them happy. You know, maybe a big slice of cake is what either kid wants and having half each is going to work way better for them. And it's always just, you know what I say all the time, being in the question all the time with what is going to work for everybody. And the things that work for you feel like, like you said, when they work, when it's like, and you can ask the children, so would you like to let so-and-so play with it? Would you like to have them play also? When you're done, why don't you... um, Make sure remember that she wants to play too, so she can have a turn on it. Give the kids that you know an awareness of what's going on, not that, that that they have to give what they're having enjoying to another person, so they lose their joy. It's more what you know you're having, like honoring that they're enjoying what they're doing and creating, and then allowing them to know that there is this other thing going on in the room, and how can they contribute to making it better, so the other the kids don't have to have temper tantrums to get the toy away. <laughs>
1: um And they do. Well, well, it is. I mean, it is a real opportunity for a major temper tantrum. Can I ask you a question that has really been on my mind now since we started this dialogue? The question that I have is, and I don't know what teacher told me this ages ago, and I know you've talked about it, is that uh, this idea of do as I say, not as I do, uh you've heard that little ditty from parents correct uh is so doesn't really work and so what would you say to the conversation about parents demonstrating how things work right uh by their own behavior are are we capable we capable you listen to what i'm saying are we capable of doing that there of doing um, demonstrating like to our kids, talk. like yeah, I mean, if parents are fighting over the remote control for the TV 24/7, right. that is not exactly setting forth the best <laughs> demonstration here. You feel me on this a little bit?
0: Absolutely. No, um, we're not walking our talk, and we're saying share. Well, sharing just when you start to get to it. I mean, the way sharing is used in this reality is crazy. So you're supposed, you know, you're supposed to find someone you can share your life with. Well, you have your life. Your life is an entire thing all of its own. It's a whole thing. It's not something you can cut in half and share with somebody. Each person that comes into a relationship has a life. Now, how can you have both of those lives work together and work for both people? It's a totally different topic on relationships. But even when you go into, I want to share my life with someone, you're making yourself less. So we have been trained since we were children in craziness around sharing, too. Sharing always creates less for both people that's what it does and that's what we're really asking so you know what dialogue can we have what can we create so that no one has to create less when they're creating relationships, creating friendships creating work in the business world because that's kind of what we're hoping to create is little children that are going to go out and create lives when they're adults that will um, be greater and they'll be able to work with lots of people in different settings and get along and create more Um, and the way we're showing them is it actually doing that it's creating something different it's like giving up what you enjoy to make other people happy yeah now i would like just other people to be happy the truth is you can't make anybody else happy it's not possible i mean if you've ever had an upset person in your life and if you just said would you just be happy it doesn't work they have to choose it like i never was able to make my kids happy when they were unhappy I could, I tried a million different things, but it wasn't until they actually chose it. So we choose to be unhappy about what we don't have, and we choose to be happy when we choose to be happy. It's not something you can do to another person.
1: Yeah. Um, it, 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 isn't we, this you know, part of the conversation to help uh, parents wrap their mind around a new way and understand what the end game is in all of this, isn't it? I mean, you, you know, you yeah. do this work all the time. With folks, with parents, with children, um, yeah. and I'm curious to ask you: um, uh, when when you do this, what are what, what do parents? Say? I'm just curious. What do parents say to you? I mean, do they say, "Glenna, what"? You know what I'm saying? Or do they <laughs> say, "I hadn't thought about that"? Or something in between, so to speak?
0: I get all of that and more. Uh. I get people to aghast at what I say, um, and then I ask questions. And then people are like, "Wow, that's I, I've always known it was that way, and no one's ever said it." Or that makes total sense. Or you know, usually what I get is people calling me back or emailing me and saying, "Wow, I did this. I tried this thing out you were talking about on your you know, show, and it actually worked. It actually worked." <laughs> the tools I'm giving are pragmatic. They're sensible. They actually create the changes you you're you're looking for. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't be doing them or talking about them. Um, and just asking a kid, okay, does, does, does this work for you? Is giving your toy up to this other kid right now, is that going to work for you? And seeing yeah. what that is for them. Yeah. Does it work for you to share your life with somebody? Or there's a whole bunch of your life that would actually, you don't want, it's just yours. It's not something, you know, you hear about couples that one person wants to go to the football game so the wife goes, or she likes to go shopping so the husband goes, and they both hate doing that other activity. Um, so what are you actually creating with that? you're giving up part of your life to go create a life with someone else, but both you guys just become unhappy in the situation and no one's having fun, and it's not creating the joy of a relationship people are actually looking for. Um, and yeah. if you take a toy away from one kid and give it to another, and the other kid doesn't even really want it, he just wants the energy that the kid has, no one's happy in that situation. So what is, you know, it's just this question of what's going to create more in every situation? What's going to work out for both of the children? Um yeah, and doesn't that put doesn't that problem. put
1: the the idea of choice on the table? You know, how many times have we heard this? Uh, you know, I, I don't have I don't have a choice. I had to handle that that way with my child. I just really didn't have a choice about that. I mean, you know, that we hear more times than we actually want to believe we hear, right? Um, yeah, that's
0: just it. That well, that statement I don't have choice. It's like I talk about the. Um, where we invoke things, like that's an invocation. It's like a spell you're casting to just create no choice in your life. The truth is, you always have choice. If you have anything, you always have choice. I mean, the choice is you could just walk away from being a parent. That's one choice. Uh, um, There's there's always more than one choice available. There's actually infinite choices. Um, Like any of the situations you're in, you can just you and your kid could go home. That's a choice. Mm -hmm. You could get them out of the daycare. I mean, those are drastic choices. There's probably easier ones. What choice would be easy here for everyone? What's going to create the most for everyone? What is going to work greater than I can imagine? They seem like, you know, they're such open-ended questions. Yeah. But you ask them, what's going to work here that's going to create the change I'm asking for? Or what is going to be easy for these children? And what choice can I make to create that ease? The universe just goes, and there it is. So many times in those situations. I have used it with kids and daycares and playdates and parties and teenagers and adults. And just that one question creates, can very quickly create you seeing what it is. you you'll, you'll have like the one kid that's playing with the toy go, so, oh, I'm done, and walk away and just leave it. And the other kid gets it. No conversation required. Right. Or the other the other child is actually becomes totally interested in something going on. Out on the playground or something and walks away. Like sometimes we just need to ask the question in our head and it will start to create the change in the energy that we're looking for. It's much easier than, than the way we are doing things, but we've never been taught these tools and this kind of magic, which it really is magic. When you use it and it works the first time as a parent, this is where it's practical magic pragmatic magic, the first time you use it and that situation goes and just disappears, you as a parent, we'll just start to giggle. It's like the ease of these questions that they create. It's like, wow, all these times I was trying to make a kid's hear, and I just needed to ask a question in my head and things would become different? Wow, I'm going to keep using that tool.
1: Yeah. I mean, what we're really talking about is looking at what, the, what are the choices we're making today. And we know they don't work. Why do you think people are so resistant, if I could ask? Why do you think they're so resistant about making the changes what is it that shows up and what do you think about what i said about fear before we went to break
0: oh right we did those for a whole bunch of people so, so what are they most resistant to
1: um yeah.
0: they want to be right i think a lot of oh. people just want to be right they want to know their life is right the stuff they learned was right you know they're not willing to uh give up the rightness of their points of views and we will argue and argue and argue the rightness of our points of views if you're willing to not do right you can have everything which is really cool. It's like right is just a point of view. It's just a whole bunch of judgment. Um, And if you're willing to not be right, you open so many possibilities. So we've heard sharing is the right thing to do with kids. Now, people are going to argue that this is right. You know, there's stuff on the Internet. They're arguing about how right sharing is and how you're you know, creating people that aren't greedy. Well, it actually may create greedy kids more than we actually think it is, but they still have to be right about this thing that has been out there that they grew up with or they've been teaching or they've learned in school, what if you didn't have to be right about it? What if you could just change and go, okay, well, that didn't work so well. What else could I do? Oh, huh, that didn't work so well. What else could I do? Uh, it creates more ease. Um,
1: well, it does create more ease. And, you know, this is the work you do to help parents and children come together and find a different way of being. You know, how about these crazy things we do that uh we don't think are crazy but sometimes to an extent. And right now we're experiencing this big time in the world where we're telling our children please be careful, don't talk to strangers, you know, make sure you're cleaning up everything on your plate. Oh, and by the way, don't Facebook friend somebody you don't know. And if they want personal information, I mean, you know, we are so full of don'ts that we actually, to a point, uh, should be concerned about these kinds of things. But how do you go about this, Glenna? How do you go about this? You know, with your own kids, with, you know, working with parents to say, listen, you might want to try this. Because the minute, I don't know about you, but the minute that you say, like, don't do that, Bobby, Bobby's like all about doing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm a Bobby.
0: Yeah. The best way to motivate a lot of people is to tell them they can't do something. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny With with my kids, it would be, no, you can't get your homework done by tonight. You're not that fast and let's walk out of the room. You can't do it. I know. <laughs> that would be that would be the thing that would get them to do it. It's funny how well that works. Yeah, no, you bring up a really good, good question about all those things about, you know, don't talk to strangers. That's where you're like you're not walking talk, see us talking to strangers all the time. And in certain situations the stranger may be the person that actually helps What we really want is to don't don't um Get in a car with a weirdo that's going to do some harm to you or don't talk to someone that's going to do destructive. What we really want them is to be aware of that there's, there might be people out there that aren't kind, and how do you know that? A, a blanket thing of don't talk to strangers, which they, just, they did a study where, um, or not a study, they just filmed a bunch of kids, I think it was something on the Internet, where there was a, a stranger, he was an actor, went up and talked to a parent's child, and the parent was actually at the park, And every single kid went away with him. He said, I have something to show you around here. And every single kid took his hand and walked away with him. So don't talk to strangers. It doesn't work in any way. Yeah. Parents were horrified. It's not a very fun video to watch. No. um, Because they were horrified. Now, if you can teach your kids to be aware, and if they have any hint in their head that I shouldn't talk to that person and to run away and to leave and to not talk about them, instead of being... Um, this blanket fear that anyone could be a problem is to start to, to, to teach them how to be aware of the people that would be. Because almost any really creepy, awful situation you get heard about, or they even not so ones, someone had an awareness, an inkling, something, they knew something before it happened, and they discounted that awareness. What I want to teach kids is to, is to never, ever, ever discount that awareness. So that that w- awareness isn't just a little tickle in their head, it's always something so loud. Be aware is what I've always said my kids. If something doesn't feel right, if something feels funky, ask a question. Don't go. If you're going out with your friends in the car and you think, well, you know, if you get a funny feeling, don't get in the car with them. Call me to pick you up. Because that kind of knowing, I'm always going to acknowledge is greater than anything that I know if it's coming from them and they're in the situation. And I'm always going to trust and honor their knowing. So that's going to give your kids an ability to go through their entire life avoiding and knowing those situations that aren't going to work for them. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be And doesn't it also
1: build confidence what we're talking about here? I know know that we, you know, this wasn't necessarily talk about self-esteem, but it's something that I do want to talk about with you because I think it's all interconnected in in my own, maybe my own strange mind here, Glenna. I think there is a level of uh beyond having having children really look at the questions we're we're talking about here today i think there's something else to talk about you know the impact of how we parent around this issue can affect an individual's self-esteem not just short term but also long term right yeah
0: yeah and and one of the things like asking a child what they know and then honoring that honoring what they know is a huge way to start to create this, you know, like whatever self-esteem is, but an acknowledgement that they have awareness that they can create and that the things they create can work for them there's something. I mean, those are the things you require when you go out there. It's like, well, I can choose the things I choose, to create more, and if they don't, I have another choice that I can create from that. I have awareness. Like you know, that's the one thing that you know, kids know they have knowing and they have awareness that's greater than any of it in this reality are allowing um, us to see especially as parents like just asking children what they know about any situation the information you get can be phenomenal like it can change your life as the parent to see what your children know and we don't do a lot of that so um, that's a great way to start building their uh, self-esteem doesn't seem like the confidence in who they be so they can be really yeah. dynamic creators in their future, which is, I, you know, I think what we're asking for as parents. We really want our kids to be independent, who make great choices, create things that are um, work for them, and for them to have joy in their life.
1: Yeah. And, and, and the at the same that. time, yeah. learn how to make these decisions on their own. And that's something yeah. we don't talk about very much, do we? You know, that part no. of this is learning how to make decisions on your own. I mean, this is really, you know, uh, part of the conversation about sharing, isn't it? You know, why shouldn't you teach your kids to share? Uh, because I'm not sure we're actually teaching them to share. We're telling them what to do, aren't we?
0: Yeah, are telling them what to do. Tell them what and to do. Situation. Yeah, and it's not it's not really working the way that it, <laughs> we're, we're hoping it would.
1: Yeah, we're telling right.
0: them, you need to take a turn, you get four minutes with this boy, and then so-and-so gets it. Right. And there's no question what that's going to create. In four minutes, so-and-so may not even want it.
1: Um, <laughs> totally. I mean, if I'm a kid, <laughs> I can tell you right now, four minutes from now, no. I, I probably wouldn't even remember, because that's the kind of kid I was growing up. You know? Yeah, and, um, and, and, can and I ask you a question? This, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. It's
0: just another thing where you're teaching, if, if I get really unhappy and upset, somebody will give me what I
1: want. Yes. Now are you going to and, tell me that's not going to work for me? My gosh, what a tool to use when you're older, that one right there. Yeah, and <laughs> it, it, to, to actually choose what you would like and to have things show up for
0: you that are joyful from not being upset is so much more fun. Like, wow, it would be really fun to have that. I wonder what it's going to take to have that. Instead of having, I just don't have it, nobody loves me, and I can't have anything. You know? <laughs> and then hoping things will show up that way. It actually doesn't even w- work that way energetically. Misery does not actually get you more, except for more misery. So, yeah, we're showing kids how to do that. There's a whole bunch of things that are interesting in that um, in the sharing scenario.
1: Um, I want to ask you a question about approach to this. Now, here's what I want to ask mm-hmm. you. This is my question. You know, you and I talk about a number of different things that I believe are critically important. But the thing that we don't stop enough to talk about, and I really want to do it during this show, is that you are, and, and the people you also referenced today in the show that you work with, you all work with people all over the world. And so what, what we're not just doing here is we're not just saying, do this. You actually work with parents and children to help them and show them. And I think that this is important to mention for a minute. Because a lot of times we hear a show like this, and if you're a parent listening to this show, I want to make sure you know that you can email or pick up the phone and call Glenna. And and why don't we stop for a minute and do that and let and let folks know they can do that with you. You know, you're not just traveling the world and teaching these classes. You also can work with families, with parents, and with children. So you know, can you stop for a minute and talk about that and let folks know? how they can call you, how they can get a hold of you, and how they can get some coaching uh, with you. Absolutely, yes. I do do private sessions. Um, I do phone sessions or Skype sessions.
0: They can go to my website. My phone number is on there. Um, and you can, Or you can email me, glennarice.com, Glenna and we can set something up. I do 15, 30-minute, hour sessions, and we can talk about that and race and everything. Um, yeah. I've, it's, Phone sessions and um, Skype sessions can be really, really dynamic. They don't. There's so much of the energy is available when you're not one-on-one. Sometimes in a totally different way to change things. So, absolutely, I will work with anyone. Yeah, and I have to ask
1: you this question related to this, if I could. Mm -hmm. I think, and you know, I'm not an active parent right here, so this is just me probably speaking from I don't know, maybe some experience or something I know, right? I believe that in the world we live in today, your services and what you do have never been more important. And the reason Uh, I say this, uh, Glenna, is that there is so much fear that children are embellishing and taking in. and, And you know what I'm saying? Not just from their parents, but the world. There's so much of this that I think it is not really, real. I don't think it's realistic to expect the children that are growing up today to figure all this out themselves. Maybe that's just no. me. What do you think? No, I think that's true. That
0: it, and to ask them to figure it out on their own when you know there's the wealth of information that we've had as parents this isn't even a kindness to them. I mean, can you imagine if you? I mean, and their world is different. I mean. You know, they have a whole internet world that we didn't grow up with. We have games like Pokemon Go, which could be a whole different show. <laughs> that is um, <laughs> going totally viral, and my kids are playing and having yeah. so much fun with. And yeah. there's the, just the fear around that game, I find amazing. Oh. <laughs> the, the, the fear that... Uh, there was some article, it's like, my daughter got hit by a car playing it. Don't let your children play this game. Yeah. And the responses were interesting. The responses were... Well, teach her to look left and right. It's not the game. Um, teach her not to text or look at her, you know, cell phone while she's walking. And I don't even know that how the, the accident was not even described on this commentary. So I have no idea what the situation was. But it was it was interesting about there must be something really terrible, scary, and awful, and dangerous about this new kid, thing kids are doing. But to have them negotiate it all on their own without awareness um, is a total disservice and it doesn't let us as parents contribute the way we would like to the way we can, like what we have available to us
1: Yeah, I I don't want to go old school, but I got to go old school for a minute I really mm-hmm. do for a minute, and this is probably going to be the lead in for the next show that we do uh, you and I, I don't believe have ever done a show on the impact of media Uh I went back I and I looked, and believe it or not, I went back to, went through hundreds of shows to find if whether I did want to show with you or Gary or anybody on this topic. And I, I believe that this is a conversation we are just, A, we don't know how to have it, and B, yeah. we don't want to have it, because this is the world that I believe parents find that there is no solution, none. I yeah. don't know how to tell my children to turn that channel off. I don't know how to control uh, that cable channel right now. Oh my God, I'm there on Netflix. And oh, I'm not going to say Netflix because I got to, now I got to erase that. But I'm on my little digital thing that I watch on my phone and look <laughs> what I am watching. And mom is never going to know that. Uh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, I'm now going to be more influenced about that. And how do I absorb it? What do I do about it? And how does it all work? And I think that this is part of what we're talking about here today because the whole idea of how to behave in a world 24-7 coming from our media devices, right? Yeah, yeah, and the kids are on them all the time. Um, and one of the
0: things, like just quickly, because I know we're running out of the end of the show, is Do it. <clears throat> is, is trusting your children to have more awareness than you think they have with this letting them know, you know, you're giving them some basic things like don't go texting stuff on there that other people are going to see because it's never going to go away. Because a lot of kids initially in middle school do get in trouble with some of that stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and having an, like if you're not setting a lot of rules and you can have this open dialogue, then your kids can talk to you about this stuff and they're not hiding it. And what if this is creating their future and their life in a way we haven't even seen yet? I know I've I limited my children very little with this stuff. When one of them said, Mom, I have the most fun doing this with anything and everyone makes it wrong, and I was like, I'm stopping right now because I want my kids to know what joy is and how to create that their, for their future. And watching what my children now, 18 and 22, who've had years of you know Pokemon games and videos and Internet and TV shows, what they're using, the skills they got in all those to create their future with, son's going into computer science my daughter's going into digital animation digital art creating movies directing and stuff in school like what they're creating using the skills they aren't tapped with these like there's something we're missing as parents by making it wrong so don't make it wrong Be a question ask if it's working and the one thing i always said is hey does your body want to move a little bit maybe you need to turn the game off and they would ask their bodies should i get up sometimes they would So if if we're not making all of the gaming stuff and all the video stuff a wrongness, what is it actually, what's actually available that we're not willing to see? Mm. And now Pokemon Go is getting the kids out walking. So that's something parents have been asking for years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I love what you're doing to help parents and children create a different world. Uh, And we so need a new narrative on this you know Glenna. we so need a new narrative on this Um, and you know part of this is really stepping back and looking at what it is that you can introduce to people all over the globe this is your body of work is so seriously important right now all we need to Mm -hmm. do is look at the increase in drug addiction, alcohol. Do you know, I live in the state of Washington, which has the highest death rate from drug and alcohol abuse? The highest... Yeah, oh, the highest percent. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, we supposedly live in one of the more enlightened places on the planet. So something is not connecting here, and I think you nailed it today, with part of it. It's, as parents, What happens when we show up as milk toast? Right? That doesn't work Mm -hmm. either, does it? We just don't have the skills. And that's what I think you're talking about today. Wow, what a great show. Please give out your information. And then I want to ask you what your personal message is. Because I now know what our next show is going to be. Go for it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you can find everything about me pretty much if my website's up to date at glenarice.com. And personal message. Um, What do you know? that no one else knows it contributes to changing everything you're asking for
1: what do you know I love that question now my brain mm-hmm. I think my brain's going to explode from that question right there
0: I could feel that in, uh, really big in a lot of heads yeah, so can you feel that that's, that's how yeah. much we know that we're not accessing it contributes contribute mm-hmm. to creating more
1: mm-hmm. what would it
0: take what would wow. it take
1: wow Glenna Please give out your website again. I absolutely love our time together. And boy, do I have a great idea for you, which I'll talk to you about later. But please give out your website again. And man, I can't wait to the next show already. I'm jumping out of my skin already here.
0: <laughs> com, And thank you, Dr. Pat. I love your show. I love you. You're fabulous. Yes, the best
1: question oh my gosh i i hope we can bring on some of your teammates to join on this we may have to do two hours on the media hey everybody thank you all for tuning us in turning us on we got michael shane coming up get ready fasten your seatbelt for this next hour i is so much energy coming in there i'm not even doing the show with them thank you everybody we'll talk to you next time